Welcome to the Cocktail Guru Podcast. A show about food, drink, and entertainment. With a tight focus on the good life. And all things delicious, luxurious, and fun. I'm Jonathan Pogash, bartender, author, and the host of Cocktails the Grand Tour. And I'm Jeffrey Pogash, wine and spirits professional, author, insatiable collector of culinary ephemera, and so people tell me, an engaging raconteur. And my dad. All right, Dad, how are you today? I'm great, John. Good. How are you? You had, you had such a serious look on your face just I'm now, wrong. but now. <laughs> That's because I'm thinking. I'm thinking <laughs> about our next guest, who happens to be a very important <laughs> guest. So it's. I, I've been you're think thinking hard. about it for the last the last week. You are all actually. about you are all about the research, and you do quite a bit of research on every single one of our guests. And I really appreciate that, Dad, because I do not have the time to do that, and you do because you are retired, <laughs> and I have nothing else. And you really do. have nothing right. else to do. You right. literally have zero other things to do. Um, yes. But I'm in good shape now because I have a drink in front of me. Tell us about the drink that you and have. This is a, a drink that I've cre- that I haven't created that I've made in honor of our guest because it's. I think it's a drink that she likes very much. It's called a yella. It's called a yella, and it's made with tequila. It's made with pineapple juice, mm. tequila, orange marmalade, orange blossom, and it is. Uh, and and ginger liqueur oh, as well. It's so good, and it is fa- fantastic. It's a very refreshing wow. drink. I've I don't know if it's normally served on the rocks or straight up. I guess I think it's on. Choice. I think it is served on the rocks. But I've put a lot of ice in mine, and it becomes even more refreshing. Very refreshing. And that the, that that hint of the orange blossom water. You know, orange blossom water, as I'm sure all chefs and mixologists can attest to, is a it's kind of a hard ingredient to use in in food and culinary and drinks because. Yes. too much and it just completely takes over so really a couple of drops makes it nicely balanced and that tequila and the pineapple is just kind of a natural combination well, i've added that. just the right amount just the right amount because it gives the drink a very exotic flavor it is it's right use the term exotic that's what it makes me think it actually has a little bit of a mediterranean flair um well which... it's yes israeli mediterranean yes and you know that that brings us to um, the guest. That gives, gives away part of the information gives concerning it away. our guest. Um, on today's show, Dad, we have one of the great obsessions that I we have one of the great obsessions that I share with you, Dad. Um, a a, a well known person. Yes, food is food. Food. Let's get to the bottom of this. You know, get to the point. Food is the great obsession that I share with you, Dad. I learned it all from you. I learned it by watching you. Um, we have Thank you. we have one of the country's finest. Mediterranean and Middle Eastern chefs. She happens to be from Israel, but has been living and working in New York City for the past oh, 20 years or so. She is the owner of Balabusta and the great falafel restaurant, Time. Uh, while living in her native country of Israel, she was a cook in the Israeli army and then worked in a fine dining establishment in Tel Aviv. This is all the reason. This is the research that dad did. I uh, just need to give him credit for that. She's the author of two books, Shuk, from Market to Table, The Heart of Israeli Home Cooking, that was in 2019, and the book Balabusta in 2013. A hearty welcome to Chef Enot Admini. Welcome. Welcome. Hi, guys. Enot. Welcome. Hi. Nice How are you? Here. Very good. Better than yesterday. Hmm. Uh, what happened yesterday? 
Nothing. Oh. <laughs> okay. Just in ge- just in general, it's better. It's better well, I'm, day. I'm better than Always yesterday better. too. Every day is better than. Oh the wow! Other. Every every day we wake up is a great day. That's quite an outlook. I, I really like. We should talk more about that. But before we talk more about um, our outlook on life and life's journey. Um, we have one question that we always make sure to ask all of our guests and, um, you do not take except, or, you know, we won't, we won't take exception to you because this question is geared towards you. Um, I, we know that you like food, you like cocktails. Um, what is your desert Island cocktail? That is the, the drink that if you're stranded on a desert Island and you don't have anything with you, but you, Yala. yo, the Yala. Okay. Of course, that's, that's what, you, that's that's what, what I what, thought you would say. Yeah, yala. That's uh, that's my favorite drinks at the restaurant. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, cheers. cheers. I would do. Yeah, cheers, lechaim, guys. The, lechaim, lechaim. The I do. Yeah, I think yala. I like tequila a lot. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, we were reminiscing earlier off camera about how I met Chef Enot. And we were just remembering that it was actually, we were supposed to do a TV cocktail segment for Passover in, uh, I guess it would have been April 2020. Uh, and we were planning we were planning for it in February and March, and then everything- and no, something else happened. Something else happened in March, right? Yeah. <laughs> that kind of took over. So we ended up still doing it um, virtually, and you were on my Instagram live, which was, I think- the first Instagram live that I had ever done in my entire life. <laughs> no, my first and last one. <laughs> <laughs> but you do, I mean, come on, you do a lot. You've, you've done quite a bit of TV and I've noticed during the pandemic, you've done quite a bit of virtual stuff too. I did. What else I had to do? Actually, I did a lot of things through pandemic. I have to say a lot. Like it's the first time in my life that I, I was able to do whatever I want to. So, I'm working since I'm 15. I never, almost ever stopped. So that was a, a break. And did, did Balabusta continue? On and off, like everyone else. So on it was closed yeah. for a long time, then open try, and then didn't work out. You know, like everyone else, we tried to shift and pivot to something else, try to do ordering, packaging. It's not for this restaurant. So we, after a while, we close it until we reopen last year, and we're doing very well right now. So it's it's it feels good. Excellent, and, and yeah. Taim is doing very well too, right? Yeah, Taim, yeah. I step aside a bit from Taim, so mm-hmm. that's a great thing for me to deal with other things. So I'm not in operation anymore. So that's a good thing, uh, but I'm in Balabusta on a daily basis. And and I want to take it back to. Uh, where you grew up and your childhood. I love, I love hearing about, you know, people's origin stories, you know, as I, as I call it. So unless the boring story, unless it's boring, right? but I know that it's not boring yeah. because it's you, you're, you're definitely not a boring person. Um, no. you grew up in Israel. Yes, I did. And what was that like? Awesome. It was the best place in the world. Uh, I in Israel, very different than to grow up here. Uh, how is that like? I grew up with a Persian mom and Yemenite dad. Uh, food, we had a lot of different culture inside the house, including Iraqi food, Moroccan food, and some Ashkenazi food, since all our neighbors was Ashkenazi. So we had a lot of like melting pot culture inside my Shabbat dinners, and that was great. Um, but 
it's it's very interesting growing up in Israel you basically need to uh, grow some thick skin which I you know you can be too sensitive people said what they want to say it's a very um, culture of intruding and getting to your business um, but at the same time it's very refreshing much less passive aggressive comment and more like in your face Direct, right they'll tell you what and they think. I, it's, it's just aggressive yes I don't <laughs> I, I disagree with that I actually think it's much more refreshing to hear somebody opinion then get a smile and then get a, a mm. comment on Yelp like <laughs> right. you know I think it's much for me I rather that that's the one thing but people ask me why I miss about Israel and I've been asked that a lot like are you miss your country are you miss home and the one things I miss is the people actually for good and bad because it's the the sense of community it's like nowhere else in the world you would never see that uh, the sense of community are very very strong of course because we live also under uh, a very uh, you know a war all the time and and problems and occupation and Whatever is that, it's like it's tough. So there is a very strong sense of community, but also people actually say what they feel. And I completely feel, I completely miss that. Like here I'm on an eggshell for 20 years. Oh my God, can I say that? Yes. Oh my God, I'm going to yes, be canceled. Oh, <laughs> oh, right. You know, yeah, because to you maybe, but most of people are super sensitive. They always have something to say. Yeah. They're always like, you know. So, so <laughs> for instance, if if you were, you know, not that this would ever happen to you, but if you were serving food to someone, you know, at a table in the U.S. and you came over and you said, how is everything? You know, and everyone's like, it's great. Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. But maybe if you were in Israel and if one person didn't like something, they'd say, nah, it's not it's not good. This is this is kind of shit. I like that. You, How you I like can that. get better. Right. Absolutely. I, I feel shit. the same way. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't appreciate if somebody would say shit because that's not how I've been raised. And it would be annoying to hear something like that. But to have a kind of building uh, criticism, it will help me to be better and serve you next time. And the food maybe. Now, obviously, we all are so individual and we have different tastes and different. What I would cook for you would be the probably different than what I would cook for a, a friend I grew up in Israel because the palate is super different. Uh, but at the same time, it's like I would like to hear. When I go to a table, especially if it's friends that I trust, if I go to a table, I don't ask how is everything. But it's, <laughs> it's never everything good, yeah, yeah, nothing. Right, right. You know, like there is a few things I always ask my uh, the front of the house stuff not to say, are you still working? Are you still working on I'm that? Like, yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. No, nobody work when you eat. You're it makes no sense. You're right. I know. So there is a few sentences we're trying to kind of avoid from, you know, approaching customer. That's one of them. But it's also everything is good. No, it's never everything. But there is always something that is not quite good. So for me, if I go to friends that come into the restaurant, I would ask what you didn't like. I don't ask what you like because I know what is great and what I need to improve. I would want to hear actually the bad stuff because that's, as we all know, we get in better by, not when we succeed, we always get better. Our and failures. And, and always. So for me, I want to see where I can improve and not just get uh, more padding on my ego, <laughs> how amazing, talented, and fabulous chef I am, you know? That's true too. Well, my my wife would feel this feels the same way you do about 
Americans versus Israelis. And yeah, she's Moroccan. She's Moroccan, but she grew up. She moved to Paris when she was six years old. So she's yeah. Uh, she's yeah. But my husband is Paris. French, so yeah, that's right. My husband is from Provence, um, so he's specifically not him, but a lot of French Parisian are very kind of yeah cookies like Israel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I was in Israel only for the first time uh, four years ago now. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it was for a funeral, but that's what it took to get me to Israel. I it was Israel was never on my list of places to visit. How come I, as a Jewish person? And, uh, and you never got a, you never got me there. I still have never been well, to Israel. You're still, yeah. you're still young, Jonathan. Because I, I don't know. I had other priorities. I, I was more interested in Europe, more interested in Asia, I, yeah. and I, I was so happy when I made that trip to Israel because it really opened up my eyes. Yeah. Just from a cultural standpoint, but also uh, from a culinary standpoint, because as you often say, Israel is an incredible melting pot. Yeah. Of culinary traditions. Yeah. I, I think for the average Joe in America, when they think Israel, the first things to think is about the politics things. And it's very hard to separate that, which is always annoying for me. And Israel, I think it's one of the most unique and incredible places ever. Well, if it's it, the food, if it's the people, if it's the landscape, it's so many, it's beautiful places. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, I went to the Dead Sea. I, I went to the Negev Desert. Yeah. It's just an incredibly beautiful country yeah. and wonderful people. You know, we and had, of course, some of my relatives are Israeli as well. So. We had a plan. I think we had the plan to go there as a family dad in the summer of 2020, possibly. And somebody just died and he had to go without yeah, you. Someone just right, died. exactly. Right. But we will, we will go again. There's no question about that. And so as you were growing up, I assume you grew up in a household that was just full of amazing food and traditions. And is that is that sort of how you began cooking? Absolutely. I began cooking because I didn't have much choice. It's not because I was volunteering. I began cooking because the, the, the funny things, you know, very old-fashioned family. They became religious when I was a teenager. The Shabbat dinner was always exist, even before they got religious. So the pre- preparing for holidays and Shabbat every week, it's like, was a little bit, uh, you know, intensive. Uh, I start like that. I start cooking like that, like preparing with my mom every week. And slowly I found, I think after years when I was in the mid-20s, I just realized that everywhere I've been, and I travel a lot until then, everywhere I've been, if it's in the military, I lived in Europe for five years, everywhere I just became the cook. It was come naturally for me. Like I just cook for everyone, always, always and always. And I think when I choose what I want to do, because college wasn't for me, I tried three months and I run away. Um, I could uh, too. Uh, my brain is too fast to kind of sit down and be. My attention span is just ridiculous. But so, you did take a course or two in culinary school. I did a culinary school yes. for ten, the program is very different than here. It's ten month. Yeah. It's not two years, and also you don't pay. Uh, the government pay you to go and actually right. give you money to. They give you seventy percent of your old salary in order to continue. So it's not just 
you're not paying, you're getting supports to live while you study, which is amazing. Yeah, that's social countries. It's very, fantastic. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, very different than here. But uh, I went to for the 10 months and I finished in uh, ex- externship, uh, internship at uh, Karen restaurant, which was probably mm-hmm. the best restaurant back then. Um, and that was very exciting for me. And right after I came here. So you were in your mid-20s when you, when you came to New York? 27. Mm. And, and where yeah. did you start working when you came to New York? My first restaurant in New York was Bolo, Bobby Flay and Laurent. Oh, yes. Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. I remember it well, yes. Yeah, my second restaurant was Tabla. Tabla, yeah. I worked there for a year, and I work at Danube, and I work at Patria, and I work at oh, yes. did you um Did you work with uh, our good friend Albert Trummer at Danube, by chance? Do you remember Albert? He, he's a bartender. He, he, he would have done the bar. Did he work at Danube or was it Stefan Trummer who worked at no, Danube? No, maybe Stefan. I did work at Danube. And yes, Steph did. worked at Boulet. That's how we met. He worked next door. Stefan. As a, Stefan. My husband. No, Stefan Trummer, who is a oh. mixologist and bartender. Where? Worked at, he worked at Danube. He worked at Danube and he also worked at yeah. Boulet. <laughs> yes. And yes. I worked, so I worked at, do you remember Boulet Bakery when they opened that? I helped. I I worked with Stefan Trummer, who did the cocktail side. Um, my my husband would know him. Yes, probably. Mm-hmm. And and my and Donald, my friend that worked with me at Danube for a little bit longer, that know and remember everyone. It's twenty years back. I don't remember. <laughs> I I smoke too much weed to remember. <laughs> yes. Well, let's let's talk about food before we because... talk. Before we talk about food, we're going to take a quick break and be right back. Dad, you sure do have a zest for life. You know, John, my zest for life depends on which country I'm in. Oh, do tell. Well, since 1887, Mianetto has inspired an Italian zest for life. And I'm feeling that zest as we speak. That is very interesting. It does have an elegant, fruity, and refreshing flavor. Mianetto Prosecco actually turns moments big and small into moments that truly matter. Dad, it's the moments with you that truly matter. Oh, I'm cheering up. Really, so let's make a drink. Let's bring Italy to us this summer with the 3, 2, 1 Spritz. Sounds good. Cheers, Dad. Cheers. And now we're back. So now we can talk about food because my mouth was watering. I'm looking at the menu from Balabusta and I'm looking at different dishes that you've created on television for various people. Mm -hmm. And I'm just getting hungry. I want to go to Balabusta right now. I want to have brick chicken and Mm -hmm. whipped whipped feta and your special (laughs) Balabusta olives. Yeah, that's a, that's a signature for years and years. And the Yemenite soup with with those incredible dumplings? Yeah, no, it's soup inside the dumpling. Oh, it's soup in the dumpling. Ah, okay. So that's what Yemenites, it's the dumpling and there's soup no. in the... So Yemenite, no? okay, so this is, my dad was Yemenite, yes. and that's what we eat every Friday. And in Passover, actually, we eat it with matzah. It's called fatut. It's a, a really cool thing. But um, a Yemenite soup can be with uh, bones, oxtail, mm-hmm. calf, what else, uh, chicken. 
So there is free, and there is also bean soup of Yamanite bean soup that's very delicious. So there is certain, there is several different Yamanite soup that's very known in the community. And that's something that for me, it's very close. That's something I always do for the holidays and it's something I grew up. But the other things I'm pretty obsessed with is soup dumpling, the Chinese soup dumpling. Yes. And I try to combine these two together for a long, long time. And until around eight months ago, I found uh, a master, a dumpling master, uh, a woman named Le that come in here and we make it the soup. And of course, we need to put some gelatin inside the soup so it's whole. We mix it with some beautiful beef and spices and all the Yamanite spices. And then she's making this gorgeous dumpling. And then it's a soup dumpling, so- a Yamanite soup dumpling that I serve with Hilbe which is like a fenugreek kind of sauce next to it. Mm-hmm. So it's soup inside the dumpling. Yep. So when you when you chew it, you break it open, it's like... You need to be careful. There's liquid. Yeah. You need to be liquid. careful. Yeah, yeah it, that's it what is, it is. It looks so good. And the dumpling is beautiful. Yeah. And then there, you do a, kib, a stuffed kibe? Yeah, not anymore. Just oh, for you my, don't? Okay. No, no, not anymore. I do that. I actually did it last week for my uh, family meal. Just so people understand some new things that not on the menu anymore, but sure, more sure. more introduction to the cuisine. I think it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, my, my mother-in-law used to make that too, along with shakshuka. Yeah. She used shakshuka. to make that delicious yeah. egg and tomato dish. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and so working working up through the ranks in restaurants in New York City, um, when was that the moment where you thought to yourself, okay, well, or maybe you didn't, Maybe you didn't think this, but I, I'm just in my mind. I'm like, well, maybe did she think about not working for people for anyone anymore and just trying to work for herself and to create no. something? No, I was scared to work for myself. Mm. I actually yeah. was very good working for other people. Uh, I was always want to prove. So I'm a person that always want to show I'm good. I always move very fast in every restaurant I ever worked. I come in my day off to learn new things. I was very, very ambitious and very, and no, never care about really working hard. Uh, so I was scared actually to open my own place. How am I going to manage myself? You know, I want somebody else to manage me. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I'm kind of awesome. So <laughs> oh, yeah. one day you were like, you know what? I'm freaking, I'm good. I'm freaking awesome. I'm good. I know, it's, it took me time because I was super scared to open on. And, and it's, this is, I have to say that the most of the heavy lifting and the sweat my husband put in time, I work at the same time. So I was working as a head chef in a restaurant back then called Ludo, which is, was next door to Prune. Mm-hmm. And yes. I'm pregnant and I'm opening time. So I was pregnant with my first. Uh, Dad, you want to take that? Uh, he doesn't even know. I don't even know where it is. He doesn't even know where it is. Oh, geez. What is happening? Well. <laughs> did you sil- You did, forgot to silence your phone? Well, I, I did silence. Again. Again. I thought I silenced my phone. I put it down to zero, but it. All right. That's apparently okay. It didn't work. It's a new phone. All so right. I'm not. I'm not the most adept. Are you blaming the phone now? He's, it's a new phone. Blaming, he's exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, too, it, it's too technologically advanced for me. Keep going. Jeff. Get it. That's why. That's why I'm sitting here drinking my second drink. 
after the yala, I've decided in honor of Enat, I have made the Balabusta Harisa Bloody Mary. Wow. He, I know he, I he went right a little here. he went a little crazy with uh, these these cocktails today. Two cocktails in in the span of what's yes, the that? Are you in the more. East Coast, right? Oh yeah. Okay, two forty five with the. Yeah, I'm in New Jersey. Like, yes. Yes. Oh, New Jersey. And New I, Jersey time I, is I just, different. I just want to tell you something. So my husband is a good. It's a great drinker. Yeah, he can hold mm -hmm. his drink. So we went to a vacation once to Jamaica. And I, of course, the first minute I got there, I got my weed. So we in the resort <laughs> and I tell my husband 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I start rolling and he said, why so early? I said, you know what? Let's have a deal. Your first drink, my first choice. Yeah, absolutely. 20 I mean, minutes. I, I, I 20 minutes after I rolled my know, joint. Wake, wake, <laughs> wake and bake. I could drink no, this any hour of the it's day. Hey, it's, it's legal now. You know, we can talk about it. It doesn't really make a difference. That's yeah, right. I talk about it also before, Even but yeah, now now it's make you feel comfortable. That's fine. Oh my goodness, uh, um, I'm where we, that's hilarious. Yes, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to drink to your good health right now. Right. With this, you're going to be totally wasted at the end of it. I want to yeah. see him after three drinks. Yeah, I know, right? He's going to be tanked. <laughs> I can oh, hold my drink. We will. We will see about that. Oh wow. The Harissa, really, I've never made a Bloody Mary with Harissa before, and Bloody Mary is one of my specialties. Mm. So when I saw Harissa Bloody Mary, I got very excited, and I absolutely had to make it in your honor. And I will probably continue using Harissa in my Bloody Marys You're instead welcome. of cayenne pepper. <laughs> and and so uh, I'm going to continue on with uh, with the timeline here. So in 2005, you opened Taim, and it was voted best yes. falafel in the U.S., yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was amazing because I opened Taim while, uh, again, I was a chef in a restaurant. I was pregnant with my boy. And then I opened a place that I thought I'm going to take three months to kind of run uh, and then get out of it. And, of course, I always think in, I think in something else happened. You know, we plan and then yeah. as God is laughing. And... Um, and then it's it's yeah, and then it it was very tough the first year of the aim. It was kind of almost impossible. Nobody know about this place. It's in a, a really hole in a wall in a West Village in a street that nobody is like you know passing. Um, and I think a year after we opened, a year and a half, things start like moving, which was great because my husband wanted to close that place, so he was that really really that close to just like close the doors and say bye. Mm -hmm. Uh, we had to loan money from his grandma few to pay employees. It was so tough. And I'm pregnant and all our money is inside that place. It was pretty rough time. And things got better. Like we had one article, people start knowing about it. And then in the next two years after that, we had like a crazy amount of, of press that I was shocked. Like I couldn't believe I got poems from people about the EAM and love letters and articles all around the world and TV appearances. It's It's got really, it was very exciting moment to see how is like street food, you know, of, of Middle East, something I grew up. And I didn't like falafel when I grew up, I have to say. Was really? No. <laughs> no, it's always give me heartburn. My dad used to bring it from a very specific place. And every time I used to take a bite, I like 
as a kid, it's give me like not a great feeling. So mm. I, I wasn't like a big fan of falafel. So when I opened, I said, I want to make falafel that I enjoy, that don't, don't have all these feelers like bread and baking soda and all that. And something that I really, and I enjoyed it. And I thought it's delicious. And I worked three months on the recipe of all this place. And then uh, my baby is born and my husband was working like crazy. Mm. Well, how does your falafel differ from other falafels? It's just better. <laughs> ah. uh, it's no, I'm joking. It's, it's first, it's straight chickpea. I try a lot of like fava bean, Egyptian doing with fava bean. Yeah. I tried that. I didn't like that much. So it's always chickpeas. Uh, ratio of like onion is the right amount with the mm-hmm. juice so it's moist right. inside and get enough crispy and there is all kind of tricks of how to grind it so it's not too mushy and fine and not too hot coarse mm. um, I work on so many recipe before and then at the beginning you know we used to have three different kind of falafel back then and every day a new special so every day you would go to the tiny taim and you would have <laughs> four different falafel flavor to choose from, wow. which was super cool. And um, and then I, I really want to create also a recipe that don't have gluten inside and not baking soda. I don't think the baking soda is necessary in any falafel, but I think that's what make it better. It's, it's just straight veggies and grain and uh, no fillers. Mm-hmm. And then and then a few years and then a few years later, Balabusta came about, right? Yeah, five years later in 2010. And that was funny because a lot of people ask, uh, you know, uh, the first article was, uh, can you, falafel queen can actually cook. I was so pissed about this article. What a headline, like, what the heck? Like, yes, she can. Um, I think that all the articles came, it's about most of it. Until then, it's about me doing falafel, you know? It wasn't about me being in fine dining for years, working my ass off in, like, a really fancy places. It was what everybody knows is me doing falafel. So opening a restaurant, you know, they I don't think people was aware that I was coming from fine dining before, and I have a lot of experience for many years before I opened my falafel place. Uh, a lot of people was against it and said, oh, you don't need to, you know, like thought that it's big mistake because Taim doing so great. Why not to open more of that? And for me, I was never uh, driven by money. I don't think that was any part of my career. It's never was until later when my kids, you know, getting older and I'm like, okay, I need to think about their future. So money's coming, you know, very important and the decision is changing a bit, but I don't think that any until then, any time of my career, it was like a money question. So I want to kind of like do what I really want to do is cook. And and you do it very, very well. (laughs) Thanks. And we hope you will continue for a very long time. Me too. Not very long time, you know. Yes, she wants to retire. How long do I have? I want to retire sometime. Dad, Dad just has a lot of extra time, so he just thinks about yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, well, yeah. you can train me, and I'll help you in the kitchen. How's that? You want to be a right. you want to be a sous chef? I don't know. I, I we... would consider it. <laughs> <laughs> I would consider it. He has always wanted to be a butler. Oh my God! I know. Really? 
Yes, I was considering that profession at one time. A gentleman's gentleman. <laughs> How are those drinks, Dad? <laughs> the drinks are great. Um, and so uh, Balabusta opened in 2010, and, um, and you moved from an original location, right? Yeah, two years ago, maybe more. In 2018. Thank you. You moved from Mulberry to <laughs> yes. So now we're going to call Jonathan every time. No, Jonathan, <laughs> Jeffrey, sorry. Jeffrey. Yes. Yes. I'm going to call Jeffrey every time I forgot uh, the dates. And uh, yeah, because I don't remember. Well, There's so many things. I will. Are you not joking? Me. I will. I said, okay. so do you remember when I opened Kishkash and when I closed it? Yes. Because, uh, yeah. Um, Yes, yeah, so in 2018, wow, that's a long time ago. Mm -hmm. We moved it to Bolognat. We closed Bolognat in order to move Balabusta here. Right. Closing Balabusta in Mulberry after 10, almost, I think it was exact kind of 10 years. It was very tough, very, very. Uh, and I closed restaurant before that. I closed Combina before that, mm -hmm. and it was tough. And I want to keep that restaurant and that beautiful name and the concept and um, so I was super excited when opportunity arise to kind of like bring it just here to the West Village. And it was a, a very, very smart and great, uh, great move for us. Yeah. And we should let people know what Balabusta means for those who don't. Mm. So funny. Somebody just wrote me an email yesterday or two days ago about why I called my restaurant Balabusta when she just realized after a dad called a Balabusta that Balabusta, it's a woman that don't have any ambitions. It's a woman that born to serve a guy. It's a woman that just know how to cook and take care of the family. A perfect housewife. It's kind of uh, oppressive and um, almost insulting for a woman. Yeah. A dedicated housewife. Yes. Yes. But this is not what I explain Balabusta these days. When people ask me what is Balabusta, so yes, the fast things is to say perfect housewife, but it's so much more for me. Because first, what is perfect housewife? Who is a how many housewife? You know, everybody get out to work now, and you know, women are a very different situation than in the fifties. And I think Balabusta is something a much more spiritual level for me. It's somebody that get the family together and she can host and she can be a gracious host and you know she can cook she can do things she can organize like trips and stuff and it's much more than somebody that just cook and take care of her husband i think my husband taking care of much more of me than i taking care of them <laughs> at the end of the day and i think that balabusta is a completely um a different meaning these days well, Enat, you are the hostess with the mostess, I'm sure, as we say in America. Dad is, dad is full of the dad jokes. Um, you know, yeah. that's, that's what he's known for. Oh, oh, we wanted to also mention you were on Chopped as well. Is that right? Yes. How, we can't forget that. This was a while ago. There were so many things happened since then. Guys, well, you, you uh, Jeffrey, won. You won Jeffrey I'm very disappointed now. This, <laughs> this was 15 years ago. Actually, I was in the first season of Chopped. It and doesn't I, matter when, but you've yeah. you won Chopped. And oh. it was fantastic. Uh, by the way, twice. Well, twice. There you, did, that, did, that open, did that open quite a bit of doors for you? Or? Uh, 
I don't know. No. 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 TV is not. <laughs> it's. I don't. I don't know. I like to do it TV. I did. I just did some TOC, the Tournament of Champion. I tomorrow I'm going to play with Bobby Flay again. Mm. Um, I do a lot of TV lately. A lot of different things. So. Um, I don't know. It was so long ago. I don't know. I don't remember the doors opening or closing back then. Yeah. You know. Yeah, chapter were was you, fun. Were you on ever on Beat Bobby Flay? I've been 20 times, maybe. On Beat Bobby I, Flay? I've been twice as a com- wow. competitor and wow. uh, maybe 20 times as a judge. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, he's great. Well, what we have, I, we love food, obviously, and we love Mediterranean foods. And um, Dad listed out some of the foods that we, that I grew up having, and that he uh, spent a lot of time eating. Very simple family Moroccan food like lubia. Lubia, and, that's uh, black IP, yeah. No, lubia, just lubia beans, bean soup. Black IP. Maybe like your <laughs> dad. The, who are you t- you're talking ours to? Ours were not. No, ours were not black eyed. They were just beans, not black eyed. Lubia. Maybe, it's, lubia. Yeah. So they changed the things. Lubia in Hebrew it means black IP. Ah, I'm ah, just saying. There you go. That's right. So, I, I didn't. Even, no, didn't even. Please know don't that. argue with Chef Anat. I, I will, yeah. Well, All <laughs> right. So tafina was another tafina. dish. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, mer, merguez. Of course. Uh-huh and couscous and uh and one of my favorite dishes which is very simple not something glorious but it it, it satisfies my palate like no other dish and that's fried sauteed red peppers and egg fried egg what is mixed that? in with garlic it's called poivron frit in france they call it poivron frit it's fantastic she doesn't know it. You stumped, you stumped Lots of garlic. It's not madbucha with tomato sauce, right? We're not talking about It's not. Much. It's not with tomato sauce. No, okay. it's just very easy. Red pepper, fried egg, but lots of garlic in the pan with the pepper. And it's just so flavorful. So good. Sounds good. Mm. Well, well I'll, we always wish that we have um, unlimited time to speak with our guests, and especially you, Chef Enot, because we're, I'm tasting in my brain all of these foods that we're talking about, and it's making me very hungry. And I also know I've seen on social media that you you work with companies that will send you food to your house, I think, through subscription. I work with Cook. With Cook, Cook yes. Unity. It's my f- amazing company that have packaging food. They have 35 probably more now in New York, chefs, a lot of amazing chefs like uh, Dan Kluger, the Forgiani, Esther Choi, Lia Cohen, many, 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 John DeLucci, a lot of different chefs on the company and each one have his own platform and own dishes. And I work with them for over a year now, which is super great and uh, very exciting. I have a, a, in Miami and LA, Chicago and New York. Oh, fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. Um, well, th- this this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, again, we wish, we wish we could keep chatting. Um, we need to, uh, Dad. Can we go? Next yes, time? we need uh, to go to Balabusta. Geez, I know because so many there's places. one there's one last thing that I, I my mouth is watering over, and that's the, the baklava dessert. Oh, that's the best. Actually, oh, that's my gosh. yeah, it's a must. 
Oh, it's got it's ice It's so cream. much work. Oh. It's so much work. And every time when I dealing with payroll and thing, I said, oh, this take forever, but I don't care. That's the one thing I don't care. I want to keep it. It's very unique. It kind Fri- of fried me. ice cream oh. that tastes like me, baklava. Reminds me a little bit, not much, a little bit of ba- baked Alaska. Is an Israeli version of baked Alaska. What is it? Yeah. What is baked Alaska, Dad? Well, it's meringue, ice cream, cake inside. Flambéed. Meringue on top, flambéed. It's fantastic. You have okay. to go to Delmonico. I don't really, I don't really see the connection, but as long as you see the connection, <laughs> it, well, it's, there, because it's ice, cr- it's, ice it's cream. It's there with you. It's all about your personal. <laughs> It's always, however you personalize it, that's the experience. But we, will, but, we will go and enjoy it. Yes. So um, th- thank you again, Chef Enot. Of uh, course. Thank you. And you are amazing. It's so great to see you. Thank, thank you. You, you too. Very much. That does it for today's show. If you enjoy what we do, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also support the show with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. Just click on the donate button at the top of our website and choose your donation amount. To learn more about future guests, visit www.thecocktailgurupodcast.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. The Cocktail Guru Podcast is produced by First Real Entertainment and distributed by Eats Drinks TV, a service of the Center for Culinary Culture, home of the Cocktail Collection and is available via Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, and wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 